Okay, now you have a close Indian. The stack of rice about Kilaid Latech and Pimish called Dorsh Velam. So, Archie is a Gamma's Bains, Miches, Pasha Shavua, the Illumin, the Harez and Gelap in Ashua. Just like we learned before, that Hashem looked in the Torah to create the world. And therefore, in order to know what's going on in, in anything in the world, look at what the Torah says about it. So, too, do we need to study the Torah portion of the week to learn lessons in our life about what's going on in this week? You want to know what you need to do this week? Look in the Torah portion of this week to know what you need to do this week. So Hashem creates the world with Torah, and therefore, you want to know what something is? Look in Torah. You want to know what's going on in your life in this week? Look at the Torah portion of this week, because Hashem creates the, your world through, um, through the Torah of this week. This is, this is a source of your, of your energy, and therefore, this is the way to uh, find out what you need to, how to approach this week. Someone told me yesterday I need to slow down. I'm reading the Hebrew. Um, uh, maybe I'll just paraphrase in English. I could look along the Hebrew as I sent. It's fine? Okay, I'll, I'll continue this way then. Let's see what happens. In this week's Torah portion itself, there are many lessons that we could focus on. And there's also a lesson that's connected to what we discussed yesterday about purity and about um, um, studying the inner dimension of Torah. So there's also something connected with the simple meaning of the Torah. And because, it has a connect, because it's connected to the simple meaning of the Torah, therefore every single Jew has, is connected to this teaching because every Jew is able to learn the simple meaning of the Torah. The truth is that every Jew has a relationship to every part of Torah. Every Jew has a connection to all parts of Torah, but regarding the other parts of Torah, not necessarily in this incarnation will you discover all your connection to every part of Torah in this incarnation. It's possible that in another reincarnation you will discover your connection to um, to that section of Torah that you didn't understand in this in this incarnation, and in this incarnation itself, one day is different than the day before. Yesterday you were able to understand the simple meaning of the Torah, and today you're able to understand the Medrash. It happens. But the the simple meaning of the Torah that is relevant to every single Jew every single day. Because the Torah is called our life and the length of our days. But, but regarding um, the simple meaning of the Torah, that is relevant to every single Jew every single day. Because the Torah is called the life of our days. The, the, our life, the length of our days. You can't say, I'm going to live today. I'm going to skip a day, I'll live again next day. Every single day a Jew is connected to Torah because the Torah is his life. So therefore, we always are connected to the simple meaning of the Torah. Torah is our life. Even if you were to be someone who was gifted to study the deeper parts of the Torah, and, that, that, that's, and that's your uh, forte, nevertheless, the Talmud says you can never extract a verse from its simple meaning. You always go back to its simple meaning. The, the simple mean, meaning, therefore, is connected to all the levels of Torah. In other words, even when you are going to the deeper part of the Torah, 
you can't say the Torah doesn't mean its simple meaning. It always also has that simple meaning too. You can't say it only means something deeper and doesn't have a simple meaning. Even those items that are in the esoteric parts of the Torah, or the homiletical interpretations of Torah, they're also hinted to in the simple meaning of the Torah. So it's all connected to the simple meaning. In the simple meaning of the Torah is also something that informs us about the deeper meaning of the Torah. Parsha Shavua Namar, welcome to the Ephraim. So let's go to a verse in the Sixth Torah portion. It says, the field of Ephron um, arose, it was elevated. Farish Rashi, Beis Purushim, Pirush Alshain of Fibshusha Mikra, Pirushain of Fibshusha Mikra, Shazel in a Dorish Bir of Lazi, Madu, Makta Rashi, Pirush, Enol Fibshusha Mikra, Alkan and Gapishishan, Gnur Kampam Shapirish Mikri, Tkum Isolation Yatsivat Hedli Yamelech. Rashi explains two things. One explanation, which is not the simple meaning. Another explanation, which is a simple meaning, which that itself needs to be understood. Why does Rashi preface the non-literal meaning before the simple meaning? But for us, what we want to focus on is the first explanation. Rashi's first explanation is always his main explanation. Rashi says, what does it mean the field of Ephron arose? It was elevated. The simple thing that we're trying to say is, that the field of Ephron um, was, was acquired by Avram as a burial plot for Sarah. So why does the Torah use the phrase, it, it arose, it was lifted up? What does that mean, it was lifted up? It, it, the field of Ephron was acquired. Why does the Torah phrase it as, it was lifted up? So Rashi says, it was elevated to a new status. Before it belonged to a simpleton, now it went to the ownership of a king. Avram, compared to the people of his time, was a, a king. Uh, he was respected like a king. So now this property is now con- considered more of a... Uh, it went from being a Mediterranean to a park place. The word kima, which we're translating as being elevated, also is, is, is a word that tells us that there's no deficiency. The opposite of rising is falling. So the opposite of, of um, being, going to an elevated status is, is, is going to a lower status. In, in, in There's another word, aliyah. Aliyah, the opposite of the word aliyah, or aliyah is a specific, aliyah also means to be elevated, but aliyah could be, could be, um, Explained in two different ways. One way is that elevated, not descended, or that you stood up, you weren't sitting down. You 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 were you're not just I'm sorry, not just standing in one place, but you were elevated. Okay, let me let me start over again. The word takuma means that you were um, it was raised up. What's the opposite of being raised up? The opposite of that is drawn down. The word aliyah, which means to be elevated, that word, um, if the, the, with the absence of that, the opposite of that, the, the diametrical, the, the word that diametrically opposed to word being elevated, is also to descend. But um, if you're not being elevated, let me try to say this one more time. Okay. If you're not having an aliyah, if you're not if you're not being elevated, you could be standing in the same place. 
And standing in the same place is not so bad. It says before the soul came to this body, to, to a body, it was in a state of standing before Hashem. It wasn't rising in the service of Hashem, but it was standing with absolute devotion to Hashem, in a sense of total obligation. As the verse says, Hashem, who is alive, the God of Israel was alive. I stood before him. That's what the prophet says about his soul in heaven. My soul stood before you, Hashem. So standing before Hashem isn't, isn't uh, something small. That's a, that's a high level in serving Hashem. And then there's, a not, there's an even higher level to go, to go advance, and to, to continue to go, to go higher. So the opposite of Aliyah, or Aliyah just tells me that I'm not standing, I'm going higher. The word kima is also highlighting that it didn't, it didn't have a deficiency. Aliyah only means that it got better. The word um, kima also means that there wasn't a problem. It didn't go down. It went up instead of going down. Lashna Medish, line 20, the Medrash says it this way, it was down and now it arose. So, so Avram took it from a state of descending, of, being, of, of having deficiency, and Avram brought it up. And so unlike the word aliyah, which means to be better than, not just good, but to be better, the word tekuma, the word that we're using this week's Torah portion, is that it, it, it was elevated from a negative state. It wasn't, before it wasn't elevated, before it was down. And now it was lifted up. Lifted up from being in a downtrodden state. So without Avram buying the field of Ephraim, not only, anyone want to call Yitzhak Fremen and put him on the share? Okay, send someone... Uh, Yitzhak's number, you call him? Okay, send his number? Mm-hmm. This guy wants to join the shir by your phone. Can I send it to you? Uh, anybody? What do I do? Just call him. Call uh, him on the phone? Call yeah, him on the phone. Turn it on voice yeah. and leave it open. Yeah. Electronic engineer. So wait, I just... I don't want to ask you, so I dial his number. Three, I dial 347. You want me hang on. And leave the phone on. I don't know if my... Of course, let's make a phone call. Hello? 347 564 564 9722. Let's press call. Put it on speaker? Yeah, speaker, not speaker. You could hear you with even sound speaker. Okay, put on speaker. Okay. All right, so. Um, Hello, this is your shear company. <laughs> okay. So without Avram buying the field of Ephraim, the field of Ephraim was in a downtrodden state. That's what the word kima means, that it was elevated. By Avram buying the field, he lifted it from being in a downtrodden state. That's why Avram put such an effort to buy the field of Ephraim. And that's why Avram made such an effort, invested so much to buy this field, he paid 400 silver, she- uh, silver shekel, and not just silver shekel, but he used bigger sized currency than regular. The ones that are um, the ones that are easily used in, in, in um, easily transferable currency in order to buy this field. Why? Because he wanted to lift it up. It doesn't make any sense. 
we know Avram was very careful with his money. That's why Rashi needs to explain why Avram gave gifts to the children of the concubines. Rashi says, why did Avram give them gifts? It's because he got gifts when Sarah was abducted. Sarah was abducted, so then the king gave Avram gifts. So all those gifts, Avram didn't want to hold on to. He didn't want to benefit from those gifts. So he gave those gifts to the children of his concubines. The why give them away? Because it says in the Zohar, you don't want to have shameful bread. You don't want to have things for free. You want to earn things. So Avram didn't want to benefit from those things he got for free, and therefore he gave them away. Next page, call but what Avram bequeathed to his son Yitzchak, and not just to Yitzchak, but all of his children, the end of all generations, he didn't bequeath gifts to them, he didn't give them the gifts that he received, rather he bequeathed to his children the theme of the verse, man was born to work. That's what he bequeathed to his children, that sentiment. He gave the sons of the concubines, he gave them the gifts, he didn't want to benefit from his own gifts, he didn't give those gifts away either. Um, sorry, he, he, thank you much. He didn't want to benefit from the gifts he received, and he gave them away to the children of the, of the concubines. But the, um, what he bequeathed to us, the Jewish people, is the theme man is born to work. So the question there is if Avram was so careful with his money, the Rashi has to stop and say, Whoa, why did he give this away? What was that for? Um, then we have a question in this week's Torah portion. Why was he willing to pay this exorbitant price? 400 silver, silver shekel, not just any, 400 large silver shekel, for this cave. He didn't buy this cave to make a yeshiva. And that's something that will go on and, and bear fruit for generations to come. He didn't buy it either because Adam and Eve were buried there. That wasn't his intent. He bought it for a one-time thing for the sake of Sarah's burial. Because Sarah is so holy, because of her special virtue, wherever she would have been buried would have become a holy place. She doesn't need Adam and Eve to, to, to in order for her to be buried in a holy place. Wherever she would be buried automatically would be a holy place. So why did Avram need to spend so much money to buy this, this cave when um, it, 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 was, it seems to be something that uh, is insignificant? What's, what's he gaining by buying this cave and, and spending so much money on it? And he didn't, and he didn't get into the discussion. Everyone tells the price. Avram spends this exorbitant amount for this cave as a burial spot when really any spot would do because any spot would become the burial place of Sarah. And automatically have all his holiness. The explanation is this: Avram knew I need to impact. I need to elevate this field. Without me elevating it, it's going to be in a state of nefila, in a state of falling, in a state of being downtrodden. 
And therefore, in order to prevent this deficiency in this field, Avram went into this whole negotiation with the children of Ches, and he went made all this effort until he bowed down to them and he paid so much money, as long as he could buy this field and elevate this field. And as a result of Avram's purchase, this Maras Machpela has become a place where Jews daven to Hashem throughout all of history, and they daven and they bring down by praying there blessings and salvation by praying in that specific spot. Okay, so we, so we explain the simple meaning of this of this um, verse, but now we have to bring out what, what we're supposed to learn from this in our lives. We explained that Avram wanted to buy this space because it would have, Avram knew, I need to elevate the space. It's not about that I need the space, it's the space needs me. It's like one chassid said about the Rebbe Hashab and Shuas, the chassidim went with the Rebbe Hashab to the mikveh. One chassid, I think it was Rabbi Yaakov Smolyan, he said, believe me, he doesn't need the water. The water needs him. But this is a decree of Hashem that a Jew is elevated through going, immersing in a mikveh. So, there is something about the space that needed Avram to purchase it to elevate that space. So what's the lesson for us? Since the Torah says that Hashem loved Avram, not just because of his own merit, but because Avram would instruct his children to go in his path, so it's understood that this story that we just learned about Avram is something that Avram gave to all of us. That we need to elevate whatever we're doing. We need to bring elevation to whatever we're doing. Not only when we're serving Hashem, but also when we're involved in mundane things, like something similar to the field of Ephraim. So just like Avram elevated the field of Ephraim, so to a Jew has to bring, has to elevate all matters of this world and to bring, and to elevate them. And if this Avram was able to achieve this before the Torah was given, how much more so after the Torah was given, is it something that is required and demanded of every single one of us to elevate whatever is going on in, in the world around us. What this means is this. What this means is, when it, we ask a Jew, when it's demanded from a Jew to separate himself from things which leave much to be desired, and in, act instead according to the code of Jewish law, to follow the Torah mitzvahs, Yachlit and a Jew may say, First of all, is it worth it for me to let go of all these things? What will I accomplish by letting go of these things that you say are unbecoming? Number two, you say, I, this only affects me. It's about my life. You're telling me I have to let go. I have to let go of Netflix. Using Netflix is something that doesn't belong in my life. Okay, so first of all, I don't know if it's worth it to let go of Netflix. And second of all, it's just me. The is that if someone hurts themselves, the Jewish court does not um, make him liable to pay anything to anyone. He's not responsible. He's not. He's exempt from payment if he hurts himself. 
So I can act in my life as I want, the guy says. So the response from the, for this is, from the Torah, is as follows. That what you do affects the entire world. Because every single Jew has to say the world was created for my sake. As the Rambam says, that by doing one mitzvah, the world's on a scale, and by doing one mitzvah, you tip the scale for yourself and for the world to the side of merit. It's up to you, it's in your hands, if the world will be elevated or the world will fall. It's in your hands. By acting the path of Torah, you elevate the world. How much more so, you're a part of the world. And you make your part of the world to be elevated. Without your involvement, without you acting the way you're meant to. Instead of elevating it, you bring it down. If you're not going to elevate it, as we learned before about this field of Ephraim, without Avram's involvement, it would have been in a state of descent. I'm going to paraphrase. Therefore, when according to the code of Jewish law, you need to do something, that is your mission in the world. In the language that we were saying till now, it's your responsibility to cause an impact, to cause an elevation to the field of Ephraim. And if you don't do it, not only will the field not be elevated, but on the contrary, you're causing a descent, you're causing a degradation in, in, in that field. As a language in the Medrash, it was in a state of falling and it will remain that way. And so you can't say, why should I get involved with the field of effort? I could choose something easier. You can't say that. Rather, you need to devote yourself with as much as, with all kinds of effort to fulfill this mission, even if it requires you to bow down. It requires you to make a big effort. Um, that doesn't explain what bowing down means specifically, but um, my, my great-grandfather was in a... Uh, in a DP camp after the war, and they had this little shul that they used, and uh, Rabbi Shul Nevler noticed one guy was running into the shul, and he had the, the door was very, was very low. One guy ran in the doorway, and he, uh, he bumped his head. So, um, so he said, he remarked, it was a, it was a, it was a very respected chassid, so his remarks were, were, were repeated and studied. He said, you don't want to lower your head. You don't want to lower your head. There's a, there's a, to lower your head, to um, get involved in something that that's, you may feel is unbecoming of you is, is not so easy. So Avram lowered his head, he bowed down to the uh, people of Ches to get this to get this done. So so too, Jebus uh, says that there's something in your life you're able to elevate, you, may, you need to lower your head. You, need, you can't say choose, choose something easier. And the power we have for, for this comes from Avraminu. Avraminu made an effort to buy the field of Ephraim, and specifically it was through his efforts um, that this was elevated. It wasn't elevated through Adam and Eve being there, although they were formed by God's, by God's hands. Rather, it's specifically through Avram's efforts that caused this elevation in this field. And it is because he bought the field that this became a place where people pray to Hashem and they bring success and blessing and all they need because Avram bought this, because Avram made an effort. The world was created for the sake of the Jewish people who are, and for the sake of Torah. It says... And the first word of the Torah is Bereshus. Bereshus means in the beginning, in Rashi comments, there are two things which are called first. One is the Torah, one is, called, one is the Jewish people. So Hashem put the world in their hearts, says Ecclesiastes. Hashem put the whole world in our hearts. 
So whatever exists in the world around us exists within us. So every Jew has an Israel. Every Jew has an outside of Israel. Every Jew has a Maras Machpelah. Every Jew has that cave in them. Every Jew has an Adam and Chav in them. And by making an effort and elevating your field of Ephraim and your Maras Machpelah, you following the wave of Avram um, and Yitzhak and Yaakov and becoming a chariot for God's will and doing whatever Hashem is asking of you in all your ways, whatever you're doing, in all your ways, the Torah says, no, Hashem, um, you're, um, you're making an impact in the whole world. So the approach to this, the Rebbe says, has to be, your approach to impacting the world has to be in a pleasant way, in a peaceful way. Like Avram told the children of Ches, Avram told that the people in the city, the people of Ches, he said to them, I am a stranger and I am a resident. What does that mean? Rashi says, if you want, I'll, I will, I really, this land was promised to be by Hashem. So I really, this is, this is a, I, I, could, be called, I could be called a resident, this is in my space, you, 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 you don't have any right to it. But if you want, I will treat this space as if I'm just a stranger and I'll pay for it. So Avram went with strength and with pleasantness. On the one hand, he said, guys, I'll be easy. You want me to, to, to deal with this as, I, as if I'm a stranger? I'll pay for it. But if not, um, this is my space. So, 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 so Avram went with strength, yet with pleasantness. And he was certain that he would be successful. And that's why he went with joy, because joy breaks boundaries. And so, so, because Avram, so we learned from Avram the approach to making an impact the world around us. Number one, that we have to um, go with pleasantness. Number two, we have to go with strength. Number two, number three, we have to go um, with a surety that will be successful. And number four, to go with joy. And if you go with joy, so that will break boundaries and will allow you, number five, to serve Hashem beyond all limitations. And by serving Hashem with all, 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 that, beyond all limitations, so then, number six, you bring down, the, just like you're going beyond your limitations, you draw down the infinite light of Hashem, the light of Mashiach, who is called Poirit, one who breaks boundaries. So in short, the approach to impacting the world around us has to be with pleasantness, yet with strength, with confidence, with joy, and joy allows us to go beyond limitations. That brings us the infinite light of Hashem, and that brings Mashiach. That's what it's about. So we cannot look at the world, ah, I don't have to do this, and not for me, I don't, have to go, I don't have to act the way I'm supposed to. It doesn't matter if this thing doesn't belong in my life. We're all, um, we could tip the scale and bring Mashiach, and that's why Hashem put things in our life, so that we could um, um, elevate the whole world. The whole world was created for us. The Hashem put the whole world in our hearts. And so therefore, our being, conquering the... Um, Maras uh, Machpelah within, for the people of Ches within, that, that does something for the whole world around us. Any questions or comments? All right, Chazaka Baruch.